0: Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks, if you geek out over it, we've got a podcast.
1: everyone and welcome to episode 5 of soundtracks on the sticks hey it's good to be here it's good to have you all back to listen to us uh, my name is chris Damaseno. i am your host uh alongside me as per usual is my co-host and longtime friend jordan young jordan how are you
2: it's thursday you know what that means podcast time once every several thursdays
1: Yes, definitely so, and it's a very good Thursday to do so here, of course, as always, we are coming to you from the Night of the Living Geeks podcast network, and for this particular episode, uh, it's a bit of a gargantuan task, and we decided that between Jordan and I, we have our share of experiences with the topic at hand, but... We needed a third man, much like we did a couple of episodes ago when we were discussing Def Jam Vendetta. So uh, for this episode, we ended up getting a longtime friend of mine. Him and I go as far back as our high school days here in a suburban place in Colorado that I will not disclose because I'd rather not get doxed at some point in my life. That would just be fantastic. But He's been uh someone who's been involved in the gaming scene for a long time, whether that it was with this particular game we're gonna be talking about, as well as the FGC. He's been a commentator, he's competed in Guilty Gear, he's a man of many dad jokes, and uh happy to bring him on to the podcast here. Uh my friend Jamal Graves, aka Ryudo. How are you today?
0: Hey, doing great, man. Thank you very much for the invite. Cause uh I've been a long time fan of the uh game in question so I definitely have a lot of things to say here and there and I'm definitely glad to uh have people sit down and listen to my thoughts
1: <laughs> absolutely and the game in question without further ado it's something that's been around since 1998 and that's taken the world by storm pretty much since it's inspired its own subgenre to an extent uh things we're gonna get into as we go down the line Uh, That's none other than Dance Dance Revolution, as you probably know from reading the description of the title for this episode, but we had to tease it in there somehow, just in case you decided to catch this on a random win, or you just randomly started a play on your uh, shuffle of podcasts, whatever you listen to. Anyways, we're going to get into it here. Dance Dance Revolution. So as mentioned before, just for a quick introduction to those who might not be as familiar with that series uh, it is 2021 so i can see how some people might be a little bit out of the loop uh it's a series that got introduced in 1998 to the world uh released in north america in europe uh in 1999 it was released as dancing stage in europe a uh, slightly different title but still the same songs uh, gaming pretty much the same all across just different branding the most interesting thing about it is that it was part of the Banami series by uh, well-known, uh, well-known gaming developers, producers, what have you, in Konami. So to explain that a little bit further, at one point, instead of just being pachinko machine-making fucks, Konami actually made video games surprisingly good ones at that uh and they kind of had a monopoly of sorts on the rhythm based games for a while there after having a really great hit in beat mania which they made the year before in 1997 to where their entire games and music division that they had at the time started pumping these out like crazy between beat mania uh, dance dance revolution guitar freaks uh drum mania as well and they had a ended up changing the whole name of that division from GMD, Games and Music Division, to Beatmania in this case, based off of the Beatmania name. Uh, that's just basic history there in a nutshell, but what I want to get into mainly, outside of just talking about the soundtracks uh, of the various mixes of this game that we have gotten throughout the past two decades or so, it's just background story with the game that you've known by now for those who have listened to more than one episode of this podcast in the past, Jordan and I definitely get into our fair share of experiences with this game. And between the two of us and Jamal, uh, all three of us have had some sort of history with this in some way, shape or form. Mine admittedly has been very casual uh, compared to these two. So I'm going to let them take the floor first on that and Jamal uh since you are our guest here today we're gonna go ahead and start with you in this case so how did you exactly find out about Dance Dance Revolution how did you get into it like how deep does the rabbit hole go for you if you will
0: yeah absolutely so like you said this came in basically the early 2000s this is kind of where it started really taking off everyone started to really hear about it and whatnot uh as for myself I went to a local restaurant plus arcade called Hollow World. It lasted all of like a year, but uh, in there they had a variety of arcade games and one of the most interesting things they had there was Dance Dance Revolution. And at this time, there's been nothing like this sort of game. It's loud, it's flashy, it has foreign but still catchy music, and you have to step on the panels to be able to play the game. And at the time, and many years before, I was kind of a chubby lumpkin at the time. Uh, wasn't really physically active, didn't do anything of the sort. Sports didn't really interest me, didn't like getting hurt on the field. So physical activity evaded me. But yet, the game really caught my interest. It was, it was right there. It was unique. And as a person who was really deep into video gaming, I just like, I have to try this. I just have to give it a go. Uh, played it really enjoyed it just from the get-go and i was kind of surprised at how quickly it attached to me as like an addictive experience and i just wanted to keep moving keep playing keep stepping on arrows and whatnot and uh basically from there my mom was desperate for any ability for me to move around and be active (laughs) So she's like, look, this is a godsend for me. I will buy you one of those cheap plastic pads. As long as you play the game, just please get active out there. So that became my personal start for the Dance Dance Revolution series.
2: Wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, you have a voice for this, sir. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I just say that? Even the laugh, right? I mean, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Mighty Chief on YouTube but Don't familiar. you definitely have this, it's like, I feel like I know I've known you for a while, which is <laughs> actually a segue to the dance dance revolution, uh, ca- kind of community as a whole. I, you mentioned in the early two thousands, one of the things I'm sure Chris may have prompted you on before we started is my contribution to this is very much. He kind of just lets me tell my my life story through <laughs> video game music. <laughs> and all that comes with it, but uh, it also ends up sometimes being very much, uh, this is how it was back yonder, sit down children, while we, are we late stage millennials now, like are we getting up there now, is that, or is that so like people born in like 80, 81, 82?
0: Oh no, we're in deep.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're <laughs> okay, in way, way too deep
0: at this point.
2: Once do you cross the 3L brother, so. The early 2000s, actually, very much, uh, like I guess said, it was an interesting time. I myself also, uh, a lot of video games, too many video games, nothing but video games. Being an African-American gentleman in the early 2000s, it was cute, but it wasn't exactly kosher, not the games I was playing, to say the least. Not much community uh, there, Final Fantasy X, JRPGs. Listen I, listen, I listen to 50 Cent. What a tremendous artist. But I don't want to talk about that. I mean, yeah, the album is great. Let's talk about these video games. And I'm a nerd. Whatever. <laughs> culture, culture has vindicated me, clearly. But nonetheless, um, Dance Dance Revolution, though. I preface with that because, you see, I always had the, okay, I may love my JRPGs. I may be a connoisseur of one too many visual novels. But I don't do that weird shit. I mean, that, that's not me at all. What, like, what, seriously? Really? Seriously? So that was kind of like my, I will accept my nerd status, but I won't go that far down the rabbit hole until I had graduated high school. I started hanging out with, um, I had just met these guys, actually. Kyle Saver, Steven Cinderella. Yes. I indulged on their last names a little bit, you know, don't want to dox anybody, but they were just like, Hey, uh, you want to like, Go play these games at the arcade. I'm thinking, okay, time crisis, right? You know what I mean? The, the classics. I get there, and they put their, they 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 put their tokens into Dance Dance Revolution. I was like, oh no, I just got socially decent, and now I'm about to commit social suicide. Forty five minutes later, it was the coolest thing I had ever seen in my life. I mean what an experience. You start off horrible at it. Uh, Two-stepping, stepping stepping with the same foot, it looks easy until you go to do it. Um, But then you have the, it's like, you want to go back. And that started what became the next, I want to say, two and a half years of my life, every nickel, every cent, everything that even resembled leading up to a quarter, was dedicated to Dance Dance Revolution. Dance Dance Revolution was one of those lifestyle experiences for me. There's, I have so much to say, but that's kind of like the intro and how I got into it and my perception of it, you know, just from this, this stuff can't be cool, but it actually is. Jesus, the Lord, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
1: for me, it's my initial experiences with it It was through the arcades where I first seen the game and just how much it stood out compared to pretty much any other machines at the time, to be honest with you, between the dance pads being unique, having the handles on each of the sides there, the flashiness of it and whatnot. It was a very casual experience where I realized how badly coordinated I was. And me being me at one point, I'm like, this is nice at a very slow pace, but I just don't have the where and on the patience to try and learn it. But I did specifically to me, what did stick out is that it seemed like it had some really interesting song selections, but with genres that you're not used to seeing in sort of your popular mainstream uh, music, especially at that time, uh, it should be said. And then it was more, of an exposure situation than anything else over the years. Again, fun fact, as mentioned in the beginning of the show, Jamal and I did attend the same high school on our spectrum of defense, same graduating year at that too, and we've had a couple classes together. This also oh, included... So we're uh, 2005 then? Uh, 2006 wait, wait. for us. So Wait a second, Right. But where are the
2: this... Wait. Oh, you're November. Yeah, never mind.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was November, so on my end of the spectrum I ended up with that class in particular long story regarding school related stuff no, but I
2: mean, my sister is the same she was 18 when everybody else was 17 because she's no mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah so it was one of the circumstances where every on Thursdays as a matter of fact we used mm-hmm. to have uh, game night in one of the uh, I don't remember the exact wing of the school where wherever it was but it used to be very much it used to be smash dominated I will admit to that that was fun in its own regard but every once in a while uh, I know Jamal at one point did, and then one or two other people usually bring their pads as well. And uh, dance dance would end up happening. I'm not trying to think; it would have been what sixth or seventh mix that would be brought in during that time. Jamal, I think that was the main game streamlined on the PS Two, so yeah, something like so. that. Yeah, yeah. But I know specifically that was the go to at that po- point, and more so like where I got more of an education. On the game itself, and then through the wonders of both YouTube and Stepmania, which we'll get into a little bit later uh, during the course of the Mm -hmm. podcast as well, was more where I got my my knowledge of, hey, uh, this is what the soundtrack is. This is, uh, This is what it's on. And while I've never been particularly good at the game, I've always enjoyed it as just sort of a, hey, pick this up for like an hour or so in the night or alongside a group of friends, and that's something you can all do together, which I thought was a really cool concept, especially for uh, the time itself too, just before we got into this huge boom phase where online play kind of became king for the most part when it came to multiplayer.
2: I think it's very interesting you mentioned the fighting game community because the DDR community at the time is almost like the precursor legacy... Wow, mm-hmm. I really just said precursor legacy, it's like I'm thinking of Jackson Dexter. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of like a precursor to uh, kind of what will become the fighting game community and that culture as a whole. And I also purpose this by saying, you know, it's very similar for me when it comes to the fighting game community because while I've played my fair fighting games, Mortal Kombat was it a deception, I never I'm I'm not much of an online player. So my skills never exactly evolved with the times. And uh, so needless to say now, it's like, I don't even understand. I look at that and I'm like, that's incredible. I know how to forward forward down, but it's the opposite for Dance Dance Revolution. Um, Very much the only exposure I had to it actually was in arcades. To this day, I have never played on a home pad. I used My ultimate dream was saving up to buy a DDR arcade machine. I wanted an uh, eighth. But mm-hmm. the thing with that was, of course, I was 18 years old. And the places that we could go now, there was a Kahunaville. There was Kahunaville being just kind of like an open arcade here in Delaware. Obviously, like mm-hmm. at the movie theaters or whatnot. But this is also before the age of, you know, it was just MySpace. So, of course, think about it. 18 years old, in public, movie theaters, balls. What are are you doing there? Girls, trying to look at girls, trying to impress girls. You know, 2005. Now, getting good at Dance Dance Revolution always drew a crowd. So I had this, like, almost social motivation to get better at it because I'm like, well, I don't want to go out there and be a clown. But I also don't, I look ridiculous doing one stop, one step, one step, one step. I want to get to... Normal, I want to get to heavy, you know what I mean. To mm-hmm. me, I will say you don't really start playing VDR until you get to heavy, kind of like a tutorial, if you will. Know. And then the songs actually start. Uh, what's everybody's first Paranoia K set? Right, where we have the part where we start naming songs off. You know, Paranoia <laughs> K set was uh, like my first heavy song, and I just remember like doing that and actually stepping. Learning how to cross step, learning how to turn, breakdown. My favorite DDR song is Breakdown, always has been. That teaches, like, you can two step it, but that actually teaches you that if you don't use the same foot twice, you'll end up doing, like, circles and turning and whatnot. Crossovers, Can't Stop Falling in Love, on um, Speed Mix. You want to talk about crossovers, you want to talk about jackhammers. And I'm using the technical terms here because I do believe uh, you yourself, Jamal were deep into this and very good at it
0: yeah and it's actually kind of interesting that you bring up the, uh, the dichotomy between the fighting game community and the uh ddr community because it's actually through my ddr community that i kind of ended up moving my way into the uh fighting game community and that's kind of where things started especially being ending up competitive on the ddr side of things it kind of just <laughs> transferred over to like oh wait I, I've learned that I can learn, and I learned how I learn. And so I just started applying it to uh, fighting games, kind of as I was trying to hang out with the friends and everything like that, as they kind of dabbled in their fighting games and stuff like that. So really, it's kind of interesting that it just kind of flowed from one community to another. And yeah, like you said, I was fairly competitive back in the day and everything like that. Well, I can't honestly remember my first heavy song. I do remember the first time I did pass a 10, uh, Sakura. And
2: everybody's
3: first.
0: Dun, yeah. dun,
2: dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, what's funny though. My first 10, and this is not, a, I am not BSing you on this. And this is why I never got competitive. Uh, my friends who I mentioned, Steve and Kyle, and actually I was able to meet more of their, fr- it's actually, you can do so much. Through that, I met their friend, Alex. Alex Reader, if you're listening to this, I know we haven't spoken in a while. There's no way you'd be listening to this, but you, my friend, you, did a miss. Took my life on a wild path because I would not be having this conversation because I would have never ended up at my first anime convention if it wasn't for this guy. That's no, what I'm not. That, Chris, and, but nonetheless, uh, he was heavy into it. He was heavy into two things: anime and Dance Dance Revolution. You' are not in agreement, right? Because I was like, "Well, I don't." I don't exactly watch anime. I know what a Goku is. But I'm really into this thing called professional wrestling. And that's kind of like anime. And he was like, okay, I'll watch like a wrestling match if you watch an episode of this anime. And that's how we started hanging out. And he was like, this is live action anime. And I was like, these are all romance animes. But I like them. Slice of life. And then through that, I was like, that song. That's, that's a DDR song.
3: <laughs>
2: he like, yeah. he's like yeah that's how i discovered ddr through anime and i was like interesting so now i had this motivation so now i'm hanging out with this guy to kind of find my way to get into ddr because it was so overwhelming at first when i started playing it was already 2005 and not playing at home you're playing with you know limited money that we had at the time pushing carts at the grocery store right mm-hmm. so it's like okay i need to know what songs to play to get better i can't just scroll in twos. there's so much Holick is one of the ones that they always say to learn healing vision you know mm-hmm. uh freckles is uh, supposedly everybody's first heavy song wasn't mine i kid you not though my first 10 that i ever cleared was max 300
0: I can believe I was, that. I can always absolutely believe that.
2: Me, he was like, You're not actually learning how to play. You're just learning how to go fast. And I was like, What do you mean? This is like <laughs> the best song. Aren't I great? I got a D on Max 300. So I'm like, Doing good. He was like, You're not learning how to play. You're just really fast and really in shape. So you can move, but you're, you're not learning anything. And I was just like, Whatever, man. I'm drawing crowds to your brother. This is it. So then he goes, Okay. Exotic ethnic, <laughs> <me tell> <laughs> exotic ethnic. What a bot, by the way. Dum, 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 dum. Exotic ethnic showed me that I have no idea what I was doing. Exotic ethnic set me right back down to not like beginner. That's mm. how fundamentals I went because I was like, oh. I, I legitimately don't know what I'm doing. I actually don't know how to play. And then my friend Kyle was like, "Well, like you can install this thing called Stepmania and turn on like a ticker and learn the beats." That became quite the obsession, to say the least. Now, Chris, you mentioned Stepmania. Like, did you play Stepmania or?
1: I got a little.
2: Did you? Yeah,
1: I got a little bit into Stepmania just because that was with it being an overall open source based out of the dance dance revolution engine in and of itself there as mentioned before for learning the beats it was nice because at the time during my i want to say it was around the start of my junior year of high school all the way until like sometime around like midway through my freshman year of college i worked at a movie theater for about that particular time frame, and they did have a set of DDR machines uh, there as well, too, so that was sort of my very casual, like, way of playing it, like, after a shift or something like that. So, while I didn't really get too much into it, I think I remember the, as you mentioned, just my first 10, I want to say it was Do It Right, or Share My (laughs) Love." one of those two. I don't remember which one specifically, but I know it was a very proud day for me in that regard. And then just after that, I'm like, well, uh, th- th- there's, it's all going downhill
2: from here at this point. Let's just yeah, but you, retiring <laughs> when you played Stepmania, though, did like, I remember being fascinated that people were playing Step Mania with actual pads back in mm-hmm. like 2005 because Stepmania, to me was the finger game. Yeah, and exactly. I mm-hmm. actually, many, now, when I say mini a keyboard, I mean mini a keyboard passed away via me playing Stepmania. I it, used to; it, it,
1: those were the days of keyboards outright. Like we literally mean keyboards, not
2: yeah. I, we're talking P, you know PS two connector, PS slash two connections, and everything. So <laughs> I, I was just like, my, I remember, like my mom would give me so much crap because I would just be. If you could hear me, you know, it's like three in the yeah. morning. I'm just <laughs> at the speed of light. Let me tell you, okay, with what, the way I was moving my fingers then, PG 13 children, if I had met the girls that I had met later in my life, I would have, I digress. But nonetheless, Stepmania, though, was to me, it was a, a means to an end. I, that is where I sat there and I would just study the songs, the patterns. There are times when I would just kind of make my turn off failing play the cell phone heavy with the assist tick on and just listen to it. until like, i could like, do it in my own head. So then I would kind of like pretend there was a pad. I used to draw like where the arrows would be, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then like, I would start just doing the steps to the ticks and trying to almost teach myself how to move, how to do this there. So like when I paid with money, real money, and I went up there, I wouldn't a waste my money and b I kind of do what I wanted to play. Let me tell you, I would have never picked just for Justify My Love in my life, but that became one of my bangers. Last Senorita, Actually, I just I just say that because this technically is a podcast about music and video games. La, <laughs> La Senorita's beat, you know, it's been so long. Beat map, era, whatever you. What's the technical term for it? Step map. Uh, step chart. Step chart yeah it's awful but the song is a bop. <laughs> like literally i listen to that recreationally it is straight up a thing. that thing is what a bop what a groove but when it comes to playing the game i there is the song that makes you a man and it's matsuri japan matsuri <laughs> oh japan whoo that was the one like once i got that down and i was able to double a that i was like okay I know I'm learning the fundamentals. I've got the fundamentals down. I can play this game. So I was kind of big, I'm in britches, right, you know? And I was getting, like, Bs on Max 300, so I had the speed, too. And I'd refined kind of the way to move, stamina, all that good stuff. To be 18 again, by
3: the way. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, I've how to play this game. What, what's this, uh, this Paradox Survivor Max? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. And now, once again, it was a, I don't know how to play. I'm going back to medium and I'm going to, this isn't, human beings don't do this, but YouTube had just started to become a thing. And I've seen people do this in their house and I'm just like, okay. And it's not, this is not a racial statement, but I was like, okay, it's not like Asian kids. And I say that because DDR actually was in school, like part of the curriculum. I don't know if you guys know, well, Jamal, you were deep in the community, so I'm sure you are familiar with that being. It's kind of like how they taught Final Fantasy IV's theme of love and music. You know what I mean? Uh, I do, I had remember hearing that DDR was actually, like, played in schools as just kind of, like, exercise, entertainment. Like, Mm -hmm. you could play this at home. You can get, like, an actual metal pad, not those foam ones. I had no idea about any of that. That then became an obsession for me, getting a pad. I never did, but we did you guys have, like, at-home pads? And you you played competitively, so, like, Jamal, did you have the equipment in your house, or was it all just practice at the arcades and stuff?
0: Well, a really big thing between playing at home and playing the arcade, especially when you're being competitive, is that the versions at home, all have looser timing it's a lot yeah. easier at home so you'll get scores at home and you won't be able to closely replicate that out the arcade so while I did have equipment for home it was basically just using step mania using it for step mania instead because you can adjust yeah. the timing on there to be really tight and then you can actually replicate that arcade experience a lot better than anything a home console game would do and since people remade step charts on step mania anyway it actually didn't really matter all that much so, yeah, I did have a pad and everything like that. And my, my group of friends that we were kind of a quote-unquote team, uh, we all just kind of got together, found step Mania songs, played the stuff we struggled with in the official versions, and then we played a lot of harder step charts that uh, fans are making. And uh, that definitely leveled up our game way, way fast.
1: Yeah. And, and I even think as
0: kind of a oh, – go ahead.
1: Oh, no, it's more so – I think I do recall that at one point because it was either like just a random weekend or it was like Birthday weekend for you or something where you did have a group of people come over at some point and there were like at least four tvs going off at the same time one with guitar freak somewhere in the background the other three just being specifically like ddr heavy and then just mm. seeing people do shit like max 300 on extra stages and stuff like that and killing it so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it was a it was a whole culture in uh i mean in various states of course but at least i can always personally speak to a. Uh at home in Colorado is just, it was its own culture. And we had our kind of different groups of teams and whatnot, uh, you know, from the South, from kind of mid Denver area, from then kind of the rest of Colorado and then Fort Collins, they all had their own quote unquote teams. We trained together, practiced together. And then we just trained all of our resources together. It was just it was rad. And like, what? hilariously enough, Jordan, your story reminded me of another friend who very similar to you was just like, I want to pass the Legend of Max before the summer's over. And mind you, they had started playing at the beginning of summer break, and by the end of summer break, he just wanted to pass the Legend of Max. And he was successful. Legend. Like, ridiculously, he was successful. But like he said, you're just going fast. Here's Freckles. Go play that. Dude failed it out. Failed out. And we... It, out. it. Wait. <laughs> did he...
2: Did he... Is the Legend for once actually the only thing he tried to play, because Freckles is like, Freckles on Heavy, might as well be on, the, it's funny too, I, it might as well be on Beginner. I'm literally saying Medium and Normal, because I kid you not, like, turning 30, much 30, less 33, has then a number on the memory. It, it's unbelievable. It's like, it truly is. Your brain is really like a CPU, and it very much can fill up and you forget what medium yeah Yell- it's like yellow what was yellow the technical term for it in game
0: was i mean it I, I would call it like light medium heavy
2: light medium heavy right so i think it's medium beginner light medium heavy right yeah yeah i was wondering because i'm like i know if there's beginner is a thing i know there's medium but i'm like what's it? light is what it is like freckles on heavy is like a light song for like other stuff so was he like was that the only thing he was trying to do? Because that's a that's a crazy story. Like I can't even fathom that.
0: Did he I, not I've never seen a man eat so many like whole loaves of bread to give himself energy to continue playing <laughs> the game. Like that dude was downing bread by the loaves. just
2: <laughs> think of Max, you know, the Max songs are they are that kind of like they're the sexy ones, right? They're the super mm-hmm. bosses, if you will. And the thing about them is it's – well, Max 300 step chart, it has a turn in there that I could never for the life of me do because it's like, wait a minute, mate, 300 BPM, how are you going to even make that turn? But what really showed me that I like kind of knew how to play was Max Unlimited because mm. you know, you're you hopping, you're hopping on your hold, you know what I mean? The beat's good, but The Legend of Max, the end of that is preposterous. It's the it's the last. I want to say it like one minute ten seconds. It after the, the, the then 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 the, just that last. There's a winger and then it's it sounds like cannons going off when you're doing that the step card <laughs> on the metal pad for that last part. I could say that I actually got perfect on all of them. However, there's an asterisk because when I when I tell you I held on to that bar, like that bar was my existence. So it almost doesn't count. But that is what my like that was my crowning moment. Mind you, I thought that the best I ever did was like a C. But just being able to perfect that part of the song was my like your friend, that was my obsession. I, I didn't mm. care about doing good. I didn't care about A ing it, double A'ing it, none of that mattered. I just wanted to say like, I bet I can do this part. Perfect all of it. it always drew a crowd. It kind of became like my specialty, like, look what I can do. Right.
3: Which, mm-hmm.
2: It's so funny going back in retrospect, like, I thought I was the coolest dude in the world after. I'd always turn around and be like, "Who's the, you know, my DJ friends are cheering, and then again, like, you're 18, I'm looking around, and like, some of the girls would well, come and watch, they're like, okay, you stamped on a pad really fast, that doesn't oh, regulations, Mister Young. <laughs> to me, I was just like, this is success. Now, I'm going to go home and play Step Mania until four in the morning.
3: <laughs> but with Step
2: Mania, Step Mania was interesting because we had eight, we had seventh and eighth here. Uh, and of course, Step Mania wasn't just going back for the older songs. Step Mania is where a lot of just nonsense came in. I mentioned yeah, anime for a segue mm-hmm. that I've been waiting to use, or I guess it's a brick at this rate. Mm-hmm. Ukai Mori from Inuyasha has a hell of a step chart. The other reason I knew that Ooh. song was even in was because watching Anime at Alex's, I was like, well, is this in US eyes? What's song? It's like, we have a DDR step chart for that. I was like, you do? And that is one of, to this day, one of my favorite step charts. And that's how I got into actually the band, Two as Infinity. But that just opened up. I was like, oh, people just make step charts for whatever. And the assist kick actually tracks it. And that is a rabbit hole that consumed two, three years of my life every day, nonstop. I mean, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, that's definitely a thing because Stepmania having that ability to just add your own MP3s into it, just chart your own steps as you would. Interestingly enough, out of a new Yasha Angelus, I believe, made it into an official game. I want to say it was Supernova 2 off the top of my head. At some point, it did actually make it into the game itself, so that was interesting
0: to say Wait, the least. An anime song,
1: yeah, that's from Yunigasha. Yeah, it
0: huh. is, it well, there's a certain point of like where I just fell off of anime, and, like I just yeah, don't no, know what i oh, oh, yeah, I too
2: am not a man of anime. What's yeah, it, it
1: actually is, I'm here basically is the moral of the story. It is
2: one of my now, it's funny though, because so let I love me you, Chris. tell you. If you look at like my favorite video games, you'd just be like, "Oh, well, like this guy, this guy, uh, he was clearly born in the '80s because there's a kind of platformers. Favorite game ever is Donkey Kong Country 2. and then it's all just weep stuff. Persona this, Final Fantasy that, every Tales game. This man's a JRPG fanatic. What do we? What anime do you watch? I'm like, yeah, uh... I don't, uh, I don't watch that. Are you kidding me? Uh, I, what? I, I, these
1: are the games I play. They just happen to fall into a certain right. aesthetic, the, if you will. Like,
3: like anime prefer,
2: yeah, and it's not a, like a knock on it. But as I always say, I am a, I am glad during the the explosion of uh, the devil's website known as Tumblr, amongst <laughs> other things, that my I neuroprotected myself from anime because running in the circles I ran in the friends I had, woo, being like. And again, it, it all ties back to just being like, I love this stuff. But initially with DDR, I'm like, but I'm not like, it. I didn't take that jump. That's yeah. kind of me with anime. However, anime has some of the greatest music in, in, out of any entertainment medium. And without fail, Step Mania creators, those would be the best songs. I used to <laughs> like, to a list of the most popular anime at the time solely to listen to their themes their intro and outros and then Mm -hmm. find the step charts for them like that was a thing with me the reason that i actually can like the reason i did so well in like kind of the anime anime convention cosplay world that i could keep up with like conversation and know what everything was is because of that that's how i kept up with anime i was like oh what's hot i need the what's the intro and outro song Let's do it. Where's the step chart?
1: (laughs) And and the other thing, too, because you guys were talking about Freckles just a while ago, and that being its own remix of the opening thing for uh, the first opening thing for Rurouni Kenshin as Mm -hmm. well, too. That being a thing. So there's definitely that tie-in all together. And in general, with Dance Dance as a whole, you definitely have your Electronica influences there for the most part, but then you also have covers the famous songs at some point or another uh, sandstorm's been done to death mm-hmm. and yeah, to I mean, yeah. um,
2: sandstorm was the most popular song amongst i will i guess i'll just say nerds as kind of a at the time a blanket term now of sure. course like there's no nah. such thing right but at the time yes yeah, sandstorm was our god you play sandstorm anywhere and it gets the biggest reaction yeah. it was always the last song that like in our small ddr community here that would be the last song we did that would always get we uh, to be a also again I, i've been we talking about the, to... the normies yeah. up and, as we said and sandstorm and top... pops the normies everywhere. and that's the biggest myself. thing because
1: that's as good of a segue as any jordan because gonna talk songs that have popped with the quote normies unquote if you will uh we have to we have to finally breach this subject we have to talk about butterfly <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i tried to avoid it for as long as i could but
0: no i you, think you would be absolutely you would be absolutely fact, maimed if wait, you did wait, not wait, mention wait, butterfly wait, uh, You yeah. have
2: to derail the actual podcast here um mr jamal do, have you ever held anybody for ransom uh, have you ever captured people? You have, perhaps, the most spot-on evil laugh I have ever heard. To the <laughs> I may believe that you are a supervillain. But well, like, uh, I just, I, I, must ask.
0: Well, uh, the air no, is different. Fine, in but if you're missing anyone from your house tonight, you know, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> By <Yes>. all means,
2: <laughs> if you, you want to abduct, I mean. The only whoa! I do have a lot of things in the house, but no, seriously, that is like that's actually like a compliment. That like the laugh this man hit when you said butterfly. That is the forget any context conversation. The fact that the naming of that song evokes a supervillain laugh can tell you that this song transcends DDR. You forget the car. Before there was the caramel dancing, there was. Butterfly, do Mm -hmm. you guys remember YTMND?
3: Yes,
0: actually, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, like
2: before, like memes before they were memes, Mm -hmm. every other YTMND was
1: to be fair. YTMNDs were memes in their own right, they were very early form of them on top of
2: flash animations, new grounds, and everything. Mm -hmm. So, but the song Butterfly, even if you have no idea what Dance Dance Revolution is. If you were, I call us the um the first class of the internet, if you will, where like internet subculture really started forming, like people around people our age, the song Butterfly was like your first viral song. We all know it. We all have a bajillion memories associated with it. And yes, I made it a point to be able to double A that song out of respect. Yeah, I, you have to.
0: understandable. You know, I mean, if you'd even want to, there'll always be someone in the crowd who's like, hey, play Butterfly. And just
2: like, Yeah, no. exactly. Right? It's the song. It's it, like, let me ask you though, speaking of that, did you have a, a go-to, like what were you guys' set list, if you will? Because I was the kid playing DDR to being performing at a concert, you know what I mean? Because uh, we always would go like one at a time. We never uh-huh. would play like together because then you just have the whole like, well, it's my song now. Well, it's my song now. So at least for me, it was always like at the arcade, one at a time. So mm-hmm. what, what, what was your three?
1: It's hard just because when you when you've played enough versions, there's some some of the songs from older versions that will be on say like a DDR Max, but then some that won't be. Or if you're going to like Supernova, it just really depends on the machine, unfortunately. I did always seem to gravitate at least towards uh, Paranoia in some way or form, whichever remix of it might be on whatever version was in front of me. I think that was a default go-to. Outside of that, though, I can't really think of any other two that specifically stuck out as things that I needed to do. But then again, that's also like the super casual nature in me of someone who would play very much on light mode, maybe medium at times, at best. Uh, for the most part, it's just a lot of people watching in DDR arcades, which was another thing that you do at certain conventions or one another. Jordan and I have been to our fair mm-hmm. share of MacFests, where that's kind of its own subculture out there outright, where if you have any sort of dance pad machines there, uh, they're going to be taken over for pretty
2: much, I want to say like 90% of the convention for the most and- part. And wow. brought such a smile to my face because when I got roped into, and I legitimately roped into, well, because I was roped into it, the. the uh, actually, Jamal, Mr. Jamal, I have a question. Um, what is the ultimate motivator for a young person 18 to 22? Hint, it's not mine. Uh,
0: uh, attraction from the person of choice.
2: <laughs> yes. This So for me, and the, this ties in, I, Chris knows that I always like to tell the life story while I'm at it. Uh, DDR for me, actually playing it had slowed down uh, about when I got to be about 20. I actually got a full-time job at 19, 401k and everything. Uh, good old Fortune 500 company, big corporate. Started in the mail room, but I was like, well, okay, it's a foot in the door. So that was still 40 hours a week. At the time, the money was unbelievable, and for a little bit, I was like i can I can play DDR forever." I'm nineteen years old, and they're giving me four hundred fifty dollars a week, and all I have to do is sit here and open mail for this company really I so I'd be like listening to DDR songs on my headphones, opening my mail, writing my stuff down, boom, boom boom. but it just kind of became that like okay, but Instead of just doing that, oh wait, I can like, I'm gonna go buy a PS3 now, I'm gonna go do this, I can afford other stuff. So DDR, for me kind of like its importance fell by the wayside rest when I was still pushing carts at the supermarket, every penny, every nickel, as I said, it was just dance dance revolution. Cause you know, you're making like a hundred bucks a week, whatever. Like when I went to my first anime convention, which at first I was like, I will never go to that nerd thing. I don't even watch anime. Oh, this girl, I like goes? Okay, yeah, totally. My friends go to Otakon. Totally. <laughs> I'm going with them this year. Yeah. I remember going there and I was like in heaven, not because of players, the culture. I went to the arcade and I saw like, it felt like I had truly entered a dream. Because being in Delaware, you know, we're small as is. DDR is just that thing me and my friends do or whatnot. Being a thriving community, seeing like a hundred ish people crowded around a ton of machines blew my skull. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I was like, it, and that feeling to this day, I try to replicate it in so many different things. I don't know if I ever will. You know what I mean? Because you only get kind of that once. But that's how special DDR was. And I'm so glad that like my first experience with anime conventions was seeing a thriving DDR community in person. Like I didn't even think that was real. I thought it were, I'd have to like go to Japan or something, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really huge thing to find those kind of uh, groups and uh, sects out there just to really say like, oh, hey, I see you're all playing. What's kind of your schedule? Where do you all hang out? What's, the best machines you start kind of figuring out these things and why people will avoid certain areas and actually go to certain areas or maybe they all collect at warm people's houses and stuff like that and like even to this day i still i still play i still play not as seriously as i used to but as you kind of mentioned now that the money's actually there it's just like yeah i don't actually mind spending the money on this as like a cardio piece of my workouts mm-hmm. and It's just like even to this day, I check into the Discord and, you know, there's there's folks who are also who still play that have machines in their homes. They stream it out. They, you know, meet up at the arcades on these specific days and then play at this arcade on these specific days when there's certain deals. And there's still a really huge group community that's just moving around, just moving throughout the whole state, just playing wherever the heck they want and whatever fits in the best. And it's just like that is Still amazing to me. Like, I've been a part of the community and I've been part of building the community here. And still, yet to this day, they're going strong, albeit smaller than ever, but they're still going insanely strong. And it's just, it definitely makes my heart beat a few times just watching it go. Cause I'm just really like a level of proudness of it. I'm just like, I just like seeing communities go together and really camp out under one tent of something that they're extraordinarily passionate about. Because passion is amazing when you're doing anything. And the fact that you're just driven to do that is just 10 out of 10 content.
2: It's what fuels you mentioned that. Uh, what, am I, what are the things I'm most proud of? And it almost sounds egotistical when I say it, but Chris will validate and explain. <laughs> One of the things I'm most proud of is just being a great connector. Like, I've so many of the people that I know know each other through. Even though it's branched on, even from me, the mutual contact being me. And I always have said, like, it's because you have to kind of diversify what you're into. Mm -hmm. But when you really, really connect with people, when you start building, you realize you are building a community that's maybe outgrowing you or whatnot. Like, you know how it is, Mm -hmm. like, you introduce so and so to so and so. Maybe they end up becoming better friends than all that is life. But when they have that mutual passion uh, for things like, well, look at us here, video games, right? VR, yeah. or like video game music in general, like it creates so much. It is the greatest part of the modern era. It is the greatest part of the internet as a whole. Because that's why I kind of explained, like, I thought I would have to go to Japan because I just figured, like, you there's probably like just a bunch of kids that play DDR and like various <laughs> arcades throughout America. Never did I think that the subculture for it was so deep. Even when I looked for it, you know, it wasn't there. There wasn't discords and reddits and whatnot during. You know, there was, but come on, well, reddits, yeah, reddits.
1: It, it's come one on, of the right? it's what yeah, dive
2: it's, into a community
3: now and it's deep, right? At this at best,
1: I, what we knew in the early 2000s Uh, Probably things like game FAQs and whichever uh, servers hosted message boards at the time. Forums or whatnot. Yeah, forums, but nothing overly connected per se. I mean, between... uh, Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, i was like,
3: like very no, was, interesting. And waiting through the shit
2: posting too, right? <laughs> like most of it was just shit posting anyway. Like you go and especially these like video game stuff. I was like, oh DVR board, and it's just Flame Wars and trolling. You know the early days of the internet were before, you know. Yeah, you so
0: go ahead.
3: It's
0: Yeah, did you ever did you both never come across uh DDR dot com?
3: Uh no. Never interesting. Thing.
0: No, that's just Would very you, interesting like, to me because that's where a lot of the community seemed to flock around and I was just like, that's where I did all of my contacting with other people and meeting other people from oh, within the community okay. and outside the community and everything like that. And I just, I guess in the time when you're, when you're in the forest itself, you're just like, Oh yeah, of course, this is very obviously where everyone would go. Why would you not go here? But uh, now that I'm like years removed from that and the website is long defunct it's just like, Oh, holy crap! People probably didn't know about that, and yeah, just Mm -hmm. they just moved on in their lives. That's the thing,
1: right? Like one of those.
2: Now it's so. I almost say like the internet is a little less wild, wild west though, because this is how you find community in the internet now. You go Mm -hmm. to this thing called Reddit, and it's there. And if it's (laughs) and there will always, always have a link to be it a Discord server, a YouTube, a Twitch, a Twitter. It's all very streamlined now back then
1: though you it could, was very much people were setting know, down their roots still in different yeah, places for like, sure whatever you said like, existed <laughs> uh-huh
2: you know the other thing too was like oh here's this for example like i possibly crossed ddr but i thought like not signing up for this website i i i I talked on game things.
0: You know what I mean? Like this is my message
2: where I post. I'm not signing up for this one. There's the coming here and all the there was days when it was like you have to be a new user and sit here for fifteen days and just like you can't say anything. You just have to acknowledge post for So like that is kind of the internet of the time. So I just remember being like, oh, here's this community, but like, Ugh. if it's not on Game facts, from level whatever, I don't care. I don't want to sit here for 15 days and check in and just be able to say two things. So, you know, a lot of that was like missed. And I really sit here and think to myself, how many connections in those early days of the Wild West community internet, before it kind of centralized around the big ones, if you will, man, mm. how much did we miss?
1: Yeah, definitely, you know, definitely a lot. Because I'll say this, even in more of, a, of an in-person kind of circumstance between, because as I mentioned, Jamal and I went to the same. Uh, really i think middle school in high school throughout my time mm-hmm. since moving to the united states to begin with but i know like between us we didn't really get close until second semester of senior year at that point and that was mainly just because game club was a thing going on every thursday and getting to know people better that way because otherwise it's just like sort of a school was its own wild world world in and of itself and when you didn't 100 percent knew what people were into it's kind of hard to identify that sort of thing and make those connections much quicker compared to like on this day and age where there's definitely more of a thriving online presence for this sort of stuff beforehand that you can (laughs) transition into offline and what have
2: you so the other thing is too you know this is before as i always say this is before uh, all of our childhoods were vindicated, and it was, you know, the coolest thing <laughs> in the world is video. Ga- no, it, like in this country, in America, video games are the most profitable form of entertainment, they are the most popular entertainment medium, surpassing cinema, surpassing music. It's bananas, and I'm kind of like C. though. But and, you know, what's the highest gross movie of all time now? if yeah, seriously. Much. An Avengers seriously, it's like yeah. not even listen, like man. the superheroes everybody knows. The main guy's Iron Man. That's now. Dial it back to 2005. <laughs> enough
3: yeah.
2: talking to somebody about like video games in general, much less getting into kind of the more, let's just say, not as acceptable. Oh, yeah, I play Mortal Kombat, NBA, yeah. What's, well, Final listen, Fantasy, listen. though. And then, yeah, Dance Dance Rock, really like. It's already hard mm-hmm. enough to bring up what was a niche at the time. And then talking about a super niche in person, the odds of someone besides you playing DDR, it's like, what's that?
3: Yeah. Like, and uh, you, go uh, to
2: the, you go to the arcade and you step on that dumb thing. Seriously, that's you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You're like oh. almost asking for it. So it's just, it was, I myself like never even brought it up. Well, even when yeah, I was it, deep into it, it was just the thing that me, Steve, Kyle, and Alex did. True,
1: yeah. And it's also, uh, just to go back to your point there, as you mentioned about those particular interests not being within the norm, I remember at one point in 2006 in our English class, Jamal and I had, we described uh, sort of why Skull Leonhardt was a good character to begin with and watching (laughs) the entire room of, like, what, 15 to 17 kids outside Mm -hmm. of the two of us, like, listen and have no idea... Uh, what he was talking about and me being the only one that actually sort of like yeah Skull's pretty cool uh, in his own right there and just compared to now where you could make something like that as a reference and you'd get more eyes in the room that not only would get it but also be willing to discuss maybe why Zidane was better or Cloud or
2: what have you right Right. that's where it pops up that's just common conversation now anyways (laughs) No, but, like, but, yeah. you know, and again, with Dance Dance Revolution, that's the thing, right? This episode is very much about more the culture surrounding at the time, because Dance, yeah, Dance Revolution being a a rhythm game. It's almost like, you know, this podcast focuses on our love for video game soundtracks, effects, video music, and speaking of popularity, you go on YouTube now, and some of the most, it's I sometimes, like, my brain blows when I see... Video, random video game song not even the popular ones like dungeon music 2 from <laughs> ed rain odyssey mm-hmm. 30 million views to this day active conversation about it it's unbelievable yeah and the fact the fact that dance you have dance dance, like 10 to
1: 20 know. hour mixes of dance dance revolution stuff Dance, dance revolution,
2: i really think played such a a big part in that, because there are people that I know to this day who can, will go on and on about DDR music, and I go, they go, oh, there's a game, too? I'm just like, what do you you mean, there's a game? They're like, oh, I just thought it was like this collection of, you know, minute, minute, 30-second songs that just went in. I was like, "There's a game to it too." I was like, "Yeah, what?" It's it's kind of also the same
1: uh, way that you can sort of talk about eurobeat music being such a thing and having its own scene of people who enjoy it, but then most of them not even realizing that uh, the tie-ins with the initial D series that it has right. that it has had
3: for yeah. so long.
2: So DDR,
1: that's a better
2: example, something like that, right there and then. And DDR, like, not only did it permeate culture in that way. It, to me, gave birth to, you know, you look at Rock Band, right? Remember the Rock Band craze in the late, you know, late yeah. 2000s? Mm-hmm. That's just... Oh, yeah. Guitar, actually, just, yeah. Late, rock um, Band, Guitar Hero, that's yeah. just DDR. Just Dance right now is absurdly popular. Oh, yeah, and no, and that's
1: the perfect like, kind of transition to that because, as you mentioned, these rhythm games, not, we talk about Dance Dance mainly, but what Konami was doing at the time with beat mania with guitar freaks with drum mania as well with it paving these different avenues for what we eventually saw sort of the rise and fall of the guitar hero and rock band kind of genre, kind of genres rock band is still hanging in there with whatever they're doing these days every once in a while you'll see a new edition of that uh just dance being as prevalent as it is on the back of what ddr built during the past decade or so, uh, in the groove is another example of that as well too. And then you obviously still have Stepmania as the open weird that kind of opened the gates for DDR to
2: expand the way that it did. The pump it up, pump yeah. it up as well. Like the, the kind of yeah close to mm-hmm. DDR, but I'm really like with the pump it ups. You mentioned in the groove though, I have to that I have to sideboard to ITG. I ITG is Dance Dance Revolution made by people like Jamal, people deep in the community, <laughs> people, who, people who don't have any any care for their fellow man, people who want to see people suffer, people who want to see people perish live uh, at Ocean City, Maryland, when you're 20 years old and you are, you know, at this point you're kind of cool, you kind of move around, you kind of have some money, you know, you're out, you're about to go to a nice little, you know, almost can get into the 21 and up clubs, but you're going to the (laughs) city club and then you're like, Oh, ITG. I know what this is. Hold on. I'm gonna hop on here and play paranoia right quick. And then you realize that you are just a mortal man. And now you're drenched in sweat and now you you even fail. Now you look like an idiot. I am not, I am not going back. a fun day of life. But yes, in the groove, is fantastic. It's also made by like psychopaths because it's not physically possible. Uh, some of this stuff on the highest level in the, but it's it's sick though. Like in the groove, just having like that existence of it. It's pretty much the same as DDR. There's some different rules, different holds, and clearly made for you know me. ITG is to DDR what um, we're all video game fans here Uh, what the soul series is after like ghouls and goblins and whatnot just to the extreme ITG is so hard so daunting so incredible step mania but actually doing these step charts
3: Mm -hmm. with
2: your physical body maybe if you're like an Olympic caliber athlete but woo!
1: (laughs) and and, and the very fact that it initially survived the whole long until Konami decided you acquire you ourselves at this point. And you can be part of the family. Sure, it was. It's like the adopted ch- uh, dif- trouble child at this point that just keeps making life difficult on everybody. It's like right. it's like yeah. you
2: get you get good at DDR and you develop kind of the skill set, and you are able to speak of like the t- actual techniques and actually performing, doing the step charts as designed by well, the creators listen, or whatnot. You if know? We, we want to induce
1: PTSD on everybody that has played bring up Pandemonium that pretty much will do it.
2: So when it comes to Pandemonium and in the groove in general at this point I really started to see the, not just DDR but dance, the dance genre in general sort of start to poke culture Because I'd be out, and this is a shoot story for those that don't watch professional wrestling. This means this actually happened and I'm not exaggerating. I would be at Ocean City, Maryland, big beach, big arcades, in the groove machines, lines and lines of people just watching what appears to be people stomping very hard on pads. However, it's like I can't even put it in words, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where, like, this, just the general connection of seeing something that is clearly very skilled, but doesn't make much sense, almost, dare I say, it looks like someone's having, like, a seizure at some points playing the ITG songs because what in the world, who made those songs? Nonetheless, you see that. And I just sit and watch and be like, wow, like, this type of thing, Something that seems so awkward, kind of like acting. Something that seems so awkward that when you walk up on it, can bring such a crowd. Next thing you know, Just Dance. They're launching events in malls. They're launching events in like actual communities. I mean, the Boys and Girls Club is one thing, but this is a true Delaware story. When I tell you people, we're doing Just Dance. At the T-Mobile store, I am not joking. So, if that doesn't really show the the door, the Avenue Dance Dance Revolution kind of opened. I, I don't know what will. We live in an age now where it's not uncommon to see a bunch of people all like combust and start dancing around. It's called TikTok. It's called uh, Instagram Stories. That whatever social media platform of that. But if you really sit here and think about it, a lot of the nonsense, a lot of just the stop-drop dance started in arcades with people stamping on DDR pads, drawing crowds, drawing interest. Go figure.
1: And even to this day, it's still something we see every so often. I mean, the three of us have frequented our fair share of conventions at... Many points in our respective lives, and we've seen this in different places and times. Whether that's Benjamin and I here in Colorado, or when I've gone out east for Macfest every year, where we know a crew of guys that just stomp on those pads pretty much all weekend long and drink all night in the process of it, and just like have apparently the best time doing so. So it's which like, which
2: is very impressive, by the way, if they yeah. keep up with the step yeah. patterns and drinking,
1: but yeah, just. Something else, to say the least. But it's definitely a game that's had its impressions on early 2000s culture, for sure. And just, uh, as you mentioned, it translated into things like uh, Just Dance uh, and other stuff that's come more into the home console, especially in the, you know, Nintendo Wii's and Switches of the world now, since Nintendo tends to do a lot of the sort of, like, very encouraging multiplayer play with a bunch of people in your house type of party games,
2: which is DDR's uh, Konami in general, but DDR specifically is kind of their staple. As we discussed earlier, they even, they even have it in schools, schools. And I actually wanted to ask you all uh, a question. Since you really, really, really came up with that culture. Uh, Are you a man of the TikTok dances? Are you a man of the apps? (laughs) May I I throw that out there? Uh,
0: I'm an old man first before I'm a man of culture. And uh, (laughs) that has has never caught up to me, or rather, I've never caught up to it. And I don't even have a TikTok account, let alone even an Instagram account. I am far behind the social media curve.
2: (laughs) But isn't it interesting, though, to see people just, like, doing what appears... Sometimes it's, obviously sometimes it's cool stuff, but a lot of it, I'm just like, oh, step patterns, wow, they're just playing Invisible Dance Dance Revolution in public, and And it's a thing.
1: And as someone, just to interject, as someone who has worked on the uh, sphere of having to do things related to recruitment and the like of TikTokers and such, it seems like it's mostly arms and stuff, so it, it feels more like it's specifically catered to a just dance sort of influence rather than DDR, where it's more so like upper body movements rather than lower body, which...
2: Okay, For the all, phone format, I get. For the format, I get, but it's it, it is all connected in some way. Mm-hmm. And then you think about it, though, there is one of the games in which it is upper body stuff, too. Yeah, of course. That actually, which is funny. That game, uh, I do not recall the name of it. I assume Uh, Beat Saber. Beat
3: Saber? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: You look at that, and it's kind of like, well, look at that. And even then, of course, this is not actual dancing. But upper body movements, step mania, we are all... uh, to this day, sometimes my fingers still get the itch to just kinda, and yes, this this sound is intended. Nightmares, <laughs> nightmares, my friends. But nonetheless, I, I really just, seeing the way culture is now, seeing that like stop trap and dance is a thing once again, and no matter how ridiculous it looks, it may bring in kind of like a crowd, create a community for the love of goodness, we're talking about TikTok, but it just makes me realize You have no idea the power of community and the power of, look, if you and I mean this, what I was alluding to earlier, people that play DDR and Jamal, you will know this uh, better than I, but isn't it interesting how when you're playing DDR and like light or beginner in public, especially at like a a location, like a beach or whatnot, or uh, an arcade, remember those movie theater, it doesn't really do anything. However, once you get the heavy when it becomes almost strange to follow, that's when the onlookers will be fascinated. I, it's kind of one of those high skilled perform like anything high skilled will draw a crowd. It's like we as people are just interested in even if we cannot translate it, seeing something that is skillful and we will then respect it, which is looks around. I mean, I've watched chess tournaments. Yes, me. I've watched chess tournaments. High skill. I don't understand it, but it draws. And Dance Dance Revolution, especially for video games, was the first one to really knock that door down and be like, due to this platform, this could be a thing. Not many other games are able to do that just because of the nature of video games. Like, looking at a screen, right? DDR, though. can
3: compare it to that stuff. If that makes sense. I I
1: I hear you. It's one of those circumstances where at the end of the day the impact of the Dance Dance Revolution series is something that translates into modern day culture in some way shape or form and probably will continue to do so for a while longer so long as people remember the game and so long as editions of the game get made in some way shape or form whether it's directly through konami itself or through any successors that uh take that torch and continue to bear it but we've been here in this for about an hour or so at this point with a few edits here and there due to uh recording issues if you will i'll just leave it (laughs) i'll just leave it at that but i think this is as good of a time and place to call it as any so Let's just get to good old-fashioned plugging accordingly, which is something that at least two of us here can do pretty well. Uh, so I'll start with you, Jamal, because you definitely have a lot of stuff that you do on on your plate, and uh, feel free to shout it out.
0: So yeah, as I kind of mentioned earlier on in the uh, podcast, that I do a lot of the fighting game community stuff. So as part of being a competitor, I also do a lot of commentary for events and just always try to get into as many generally Guilty Gear events as I can. So always be on the lookout for that. Uh, You can kind of follow along with that on my Twitter, which is at R-Y-Y-U-D-O or Ryudo. And then I also do a lot of uh, Twitch streaming too. Uh, More of a variety streamer, just having a good time, enjoying myself, not trying to go too ham on any which way. Just uh, pick a theme for the month and go at it. And that's at twitch.tv slash R-Y-Y-U-D-O, or again, Ryudo. So yeah, definitely thanks for having me on. I appreciate that.
2: Okay, so with that, I Anyways, guess I'm on the hot you, seat now. Yeah, you have a guess Twitter what, guys, for once, so you might as well guess what, that. guys? I used to be very active on Twitter, and then, I don't know how it happened, um, at about the same time myself and the bird app started to have an issue, uh, Jack was like, your account is, boom, gone. And then I was like, okay. However, one day I was like, JC Young 24, at JC Young 24, and it popped up as available. And I was like, oh, Jack gave me my name back, cool. Mm-hmm. And thus, I remade a Twitter account. Not very active on it, however, I intend to be for this this is live actually this when, whenever this hits ears this is a a lie for me this was not planned however um i am all about branding posting retweeting i'm actually pretty good at the social media game believe it or not i'll give it another go out of respect for this podcast and mr chris Damascena. That is a segue, my friend. Here's the There we are. There
1: we are indeed. So for me specifically, you can follow my personal Twitter at Brazilian Fury. That's Brazilian with an S instead of a Z. Uh, You can also follow the podcast's Twitter account. That's at SoundsOnSticks. And you can pretty much find this podcast uh, and many other fine podcasts, if you will, right on over at Night of the Living Geeks. That's at N-O-T-O-G dot com. Uh, You can also do things like, you know, go support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. You can also head over to notlg.spreadshirt.com to preview all of our wares, such as the We Get It, You Have a Podcast t-shirt amongst, along any and many other fine selections from various shows under the uh, Night of the Living Geeks umbrella. So uh, with that said... I've really got nothing else at this point. We've riffed about Dance Dance Revolution for an hour. I think we're
3: pretty much
2: <laughs> spent on our end of the spectrum. So You know ex- what's funny? Yeah. It's we talked this hour so much about Dance Dance Revolution. I almost feel like I was having like one train of thought like a month ago and then another one just now like yeah it's unbelievable
3: mm-hmm. truly the, pa-
2: the
1: power of editing folks uh, so that said uh <laughs> we'll wrap this one up we will see you next time for episode six uh we'll hopefully be up with that much sooner than this one so uh yeah thanks again we'll see you later bye
2: this has been a night of the living geeks production for more information and content visit
3: noclg.com